Welcome to As Seen on Internet, the show that brings you the tech news you need to know, as well as the most amazing internet we can find. Coming up on today's show, we'll talk about Twitter's move into live streaming. We'll talk about Apple's big announcement. Spoiler alert, it wasn't the watch. And we'll talk about why your Facebook like number is about to go down. But first, uh, allow me to introduce my co-host. With me, I have, as always... Amit Wadera. And Amit, have you recovered from hashtag the dress yet? <laughs> yes, uh, it was definitely blue and black. It was, it, was, it was... I think that when we recorded the last show, that was the happening at that exact moment. So I knew if we wanted to talk about it, it would just seem like completely... Completely old news. Yeah. <laughs> um, so how you doing? I mean, uh, this is uh, the, the final week until South by Southwest. It is, it is South by South week, uh, South by Southwest week. Question for you. How do you know if somebody is going to South by Southwest? Um, they say South by Southwest <laughs> as South by. <laughs> yes. Yes. And also, don't worry about it. They will certainly tell you. So this is me serving uh, as uh, telling you that, yes, I'm going to South by Southwest. What uh, What are you looking forward to this week? There's. Uh, it's funny when you go to these things. It's kind of like Lollapalooza. There's you know, a million things going on at the same time. There is, however, on one of the stages, they're having a, a gaming track. And one of the guys that's there is a his name's Ernest Klein. He wrote a book okay. called Ready Player One. You okay. read his book Ready Player I have One. Not, yeah. Um, this book uh, it's like a homage to '80s culture where these kids are uh, ported into a virtual reality type thing and they have to solve a puzzle. And it's just '80s reference after '80s reference after '80s reference of uh, old Atari games and Dungeons and Dragons. And so, anyways, more of the stories. He's talking about what it would be like to to live inside a complete virtual reality thing. If you're going to that, I'll, I'll, I'll learn maybe something a little more interesting uh, than, than some of the other sessions that are out there. But that's going to be a good one. There's a bunch of other uh, really interesting ones as, uh, as well um, that are going on there. So it'll be cool. Cool. So coming up first, I admit, uh, I, I like this show because we talk about what makes the Internet awesome, right? And so I, I thought, you know, we start moving what we found on the Internet uh, this week that was really super cool to the front. So, I mean, tell me, what was the most amazing thing you saw on the Internet this past week? Uh, it actually happened just a couple hours ago. Uh, <laughs> uh, for, for all of the Zoolander fans, um, Derek Zoolander and Hansel, um, Ben so Stiller. Hot right now. Yeah, they're so <laughs> hot right now. Uh, instead of, you know, just putting out a press release or a, a new trailer for, their, for Zoolander 2, they actually walked the Paris uh, <laughs> fashion show as their characters, um, Zoolander and Hansel, um, to announce Zoolander 2. And it literally is like breaking the internet right now. Um, I so, wonder who paid whom. <laughs> probably the movie studio, <laughs> I, would, I would guess. But I think it's just awesome how they kind of mock the entire industry and, you know, the modeling industry, um, you know, had really good fun with it too. So it was pretty cool. What about you, Ben? What did you see? My favorite thing this week, I, I have fond memories of my very first phone and how crappy it was relative to the <laughs> things we can do now. But on it, this little Nokia phone was um, was the game Snake, right? Where if you remember, say it was on you know a tiny, maybe inch and a half screen. And it was a, a thing you went around and you collected the dots and the tail would get longer and longer and longer and eventually had to do it. Well, in, in London, there was this app that you could download. They recreated that Nokia uh, snake game um, on fountains. So you could play it. Little lights would light up and kind oh, of chase so around. Cool. <laughs> it was oh, so neat. And so you could just kind of sit there. I sat there and watched it for, for a long time, uh, just watching. I, like, I guess I like watching people play video games, but just watching <laughs> watching people move it up, down, left, and right. And so it will be a, be a fun link to that in the show notes. But it was uh, nostalgia kills, right? And when you can do something that, that brings nostalgia forward in a relevant and interesting way, uh, I thought that was really That's cool. That's awesome. I actually saw on Reddit, uh, I think it was last week, there was an algorithm that actually 
created the exact the perfect snake <laughs> algorithm and like the the snake was it took up the actually the entire screen it was actually pretty cool i was actually like on the edge of my seat like towards the end like it's got to move the snake's got to move <laughs> so <deep and> snake. <laughs> uh, that's awesome uh, and now to the news and the big stories of the week um, you found an interesting story about Facebook and what they're doing to change the data they surface over to marketers. Talk about this story. This was really, really cool. Yeah, this is something that was actually released today by Facebook. Um, so marketers can now find out what um, Facebook users are actually talking about. And, you know, this could be something that was available on Twitter for, for quite some time and, you know, had the, the advent of all of the social listening platforms. But now... Facebook is taking all of the data that people are talking about and they're anonymizing it and they're offering it to marketers as one lump sum or like one, you know, one group of data huh. um, that that marketers can really sift through. Um, so so they, are they segmenting it by, is it like your community? Is it? Uh, it's like literally anything that you would really want to, to figure out. So, you know, Facebook shared a, a few examples that show how powerful that tool could be. So, you know, a business that, that is uh, selling a hair defrizzing product, they can <laughs> see demographics on how people are talking about humidity's effect on on their hair to understand their target. I love that that's Facebook's go-to example. <laughs> defrizzing <laughs> hair. I mean, who knows what people are looking at uh, over there. Uh, um, but another, I thought another a couple of cool ones you know, a fashion retailer can see the clothing items um, that their target audience is talking about to decide which products to stock. Or, you know, a brand can see uh, how people are talking about their brand or industry to measure brand sentiment. You know, these are things that brands are always asking for, but now, but couldn't because of the private data that was on yeah. Facebook. Yeah. But now Facebook is making that available. So anonymized, really, right? Anonymized, so yeah. Do you think it's... I didn't see any of the reactions or the comments, but whenever Facebook does anything with privacy, the world tends to have a collective freak out and <laughs> organized to quit Facebook. Do you see any people freaking out about this, that, that their stuff's going to be, or is the anonymity good enough? I mean, I haven't seen anything, and it's only been out for a couple of hours, but... Um, <laughs> the heck is wrong with you? <laughs> Facebook has said that the data set cannot be used to target... Um, ads directly. Yeah. So this is really more of a research play, a qualitative, a qualitative oh, cool. play versus an ads play. So, you know, the data is available through a company called DataSwift, yeah. um, which is actually one of the uh, two companies that resells the Twitter Firehose. So oh, nice. DataSift. DataSift, data correct. Sift. Yeah, yep. yeah. So, you know, if, if your brand has access to DataSwift, um, this could be something where you could get uh, early access into that data. Gotcha. That's nice. It, it, it'll be really cool. It's um, there's no shortage of tools to kind of an analyze sentiment. But what I hope to see from this from Facebook is just some better interpretation of some of the stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Like lots of times we say as an industry that we're doing social listening, and I'll throw you up a graph that says, "Oh, here's here's the percent sentiment right. score." That's not listening, right? It's the insights behind that that, yeah. that really matter, and that's the hard part. Yeah. So if Facebook has something that can get behind there, I mean. You know, research companies, you know, are going to go crazy with this stuff, yeah. I think. That's awesome. Me too. And they, you know, they said they can't be used uh, to target ads directly, but it, 
Who knows eventually? <laughs> they say right now. Yes. Um, so the other big news that happened uh, yesterday was uh, the launch of the uh, Apple Watch. Yes, yes. The, the hashtag Apple event, as, as they were promoting everywhere, wanting to make it bigger, bigger than everything else. There was a whole bunch of things announced. The new MacBook Air was one of the things that I really liked. Um, I, I, I like the Macintosh operating system. I'm not as much a fan as, as the, of the iOS, but I do like the Macintosh. They, there was a picture somebody posted that they removed all the batteries and what was left just in the Mac was just this tiny, tiny little thing that powered the machine. It's this incredibly small notebook. Um, it, it almost looks as big as the MacBook Air, but has uh, some of the similar power as, as the regular MacBooks uh, that are on there. It was a really, really neat thing on there. And then, of course, as we got to at the end, was the big Apple Watch event. Uh, the news coming out of this that there were three types, the Apple Watch Sport, the Apple Watch, and the Apple Watch Edition, clocking in at a cool $10,000. Wow. One of the funnier posts I saw related to this was, um, here are things you can buy for $10,000 <laughs> other than that list was very long. Yeah, so when, when there was a reason why it was ten thousand dollars, and it's because it was made of gold, <laughs> literally uh, made of gold that was on there. I think you saw something. Funny. Yeah, yeah, I saw an interesting article that said there there are some uh, gold speculators that are thinking that Apple could consume one third of the world's gold supply <laughs> every single year just with this watch. Insane. Uh, they will obviously be the largest consumer of gold in the world. <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely insane. So. Um, it looks it looks neat. Uh, you know, we talked about wearables on the last show. That ability to not have to take out your phone and have information right there available you to a f- right there available to you at the flick of a wrist is incredibly incredibly convenient. I, I love it. Um, love my my Moto 360 that I've been using. Um, and what Apple is good at doing better than anyone else is taking things, taking ideas, and making them mainstream. So this brings more wearables, more people being able to use this technology, and hopefully. More developers building stuff off yeah, of it. Yeah, exactly. I'm all for it. So the, the watch was big news, but uh, what do you think was the real story behind yeah. their announcement? Yeah, my favorite thing coming out of this yesterday was uh, something they announced called Research Kit. And what Research Kit does is it gives anyone with an iOS device, and I think the last stat I saw was there's about 700 million iOS devices in the world, um, the ability to participate in this medical research to join programs that can help you track your symptoms or share information with your doctors. So one of the examples they gave during the, the event uh, was monitoring for Parkinson's, various tests you can do uh, to kind of tap that and monitor it um, over time. So what Research Kit does is a software development kit that allows, you know, partnered with a lot of big hospitals, a lot of big other health organizations, to tap into all those people with iPhones and getting able uh, to collect data and data that can be used in medical research, data that can be used to, to track your symptoms. You think there's, again, we're going back to collecting data yeah. on people. Was there anything around privacy or how they're going to anonymize this? Yeah, there was. They, they made sure, you know, they obviously thought about it well in advance because they made sure to talk about how it would be, um, how it would be secured. Uh, and, you know, keeping it completely, you know, tied to the people who are creating the apps. Um, what I think is neat, though, is like it, it, we, you know, we have all these ways to track our own data. I, you know, I, I love on my watch being able to track the number of steps I take. There's been times where I've routed myself to a different subway station simply so that I can <laughs> log in another 2,000 steps. But unless we're kind of really, you know, knowledgeable and, and able to look at that whole 
scheme of everything that's going on, like a doctor would, uh, it, it's hard to kind of understand it or give it that context of what we're saying. So I'm hoping what this does uh, is able to turn it around. But there's so much potential for it. Yeah. I, I give iOS a hard time, but this really, really, really was a, a, an amazing innovation that, that I think is going to be absolutely It's almost as though they're creating a platform that could be as revolutionary as iTunes, for yep. example. Yep. In that health field, and it's such a it's a field that is such ripe for innovation, yeah. Um, and, and really tackling you know the problems that we're going to face for the next ten to fifteen years, it's I think it's going to be incredible too. Yep, yep. Massive potential here for for people being able to develop that and work off that. Uh, another interesting thing I saw this week. I'm a, I'm obsessed uh, with, with live streaming. Absolutely obsessed. Yeah, we we talked about Twitch last week. We did. <laughs> uh, what is the deal? What, I you know I'm not into live streaming, but I know you are. There, you know, it's funny that there's, uh, so live streaming, just being able to use sites like Twitch or pretty much just a webcam that live puts it out there. There's just something to it being a, a almost improvisational video, just something going on in a person's life. The other thing is that when you think about the, the ways you consume video content, when you're sitting down to watch Netflix or a particular YouTube video, you're almost all in on this content. You're, mm-hmm. you're focused on it. And sometimes even like a 57-second video is a time commitment. As sad <laughs> as that is, you're like, I don't want to watch this. There's something kind of nice to being able to ambiently tune into live streams, just to kind of have something on it. It kind of goes on. You, you know you're going to get the video highlights maybe later. I, I think there's just something to this. And there were two... Two big things uh, happening in the worlds of apps and live streaming that make me think this is going to be way, way bigger than uh, people playing video games, way, way bigger uh, than, than uh, people live streaming uh, their, their songs and stuff. And that, that first one was Meerkat, and they talked about Meerkat. Yeah, Meerkat is, it, it combines um, the existing audience of Twitter, and basically what Meerkat does, it, it sends out a tweet um, as soon as you start live streaming to all of your followers to let you know, to let them know that, hey, you have a live stream going on and it embeds it right there in the feed. Um, so, you know, this is something that, uh, you know, is going to get drive up the popularity of live streaming quite yep. a bit. Yep. It's neat because it was so, like, it's not that the other platforms, Twitch and the others, don't have that. You know, the people I follow on Twitch, I, I get all sorts of notifications. There was just something so uniquely elegant about how Meerkat right. executed, I think, where it just felt like something normally you'd see see on Twitter. And the other thing that was cool about it is that, you know, almost like like Snapchat, it's gone uh, when, when it's there and done. So it's, it goes back to that. This is a live moment. This is something you catch. And I, I think they showed a bunch of different um, journalists. Uh, you know, Apple, in their infinite wisdom, made it a little hard to watch the Apple event unless you had a certain, <laughs> <laughs> a certain browser and a certain operating system. <laughs> But uh, we saw a bunch of uh, journalists uh, jumping right on Meerkat and being able to stream that, that event right right away on there. That's cool. And so it, all, all of a sudden, all the conversation went to, why isn't Twitter buying this? Right, exactly. Why isn't Twitter buying this? There was actually, I think we saw an article that Twitter actually banned Meerkat yeah. with some of the links that, that are coming They're into the feed. Feature, yep, yep. And something that came out uh, just today, uh, Twitter bought a rival, uh, a company called Periscope. Um, and you know, this is again, trying Twitter, trying to capitalize on other people developing onto their platform. So, um, you know, they, they paid, you know, millions of dollars for Vine, uh, you know, that's popular video app. This is again, delving deeper into video, that live streaming video. Um, and, and Periscope is in a similar arrangement. You know, it allows people to fire up live videos, 
um, wherever they are, broadcast it to people and allow them to watch it. So that that essential snackable content. I think what we saw a Recode and Business Insider reporting, we saw that um, they, this was actually they said it was it was a pre-launch. It was uh, it was in beta or maybe it just got to to maybe to a close right, beta right. stage. Bought for tens of millions of dollars. I heard anywhere between thirty and a hundred million, depending on what outlet you uh, trust the most. But yeah, Twitter going right away and, and buying that really, really quick. It hadn't even yeah. launched. It hadn't even proved that, that it can get users and stuff. But I think that the success of Meerkat and, and just being able to get on it right away was absolutely huge. The pressures of monetization. Yeah. It's, <laughs> you know, it's fine. Here we are. We're recording a podcast, something that's going to be archived. Uh, hopefully, many people will listen to it and download it. There's something I, I don't know if I'd use Meerkat to stream stuff out to my Twitter followers. Maybe I just don't leave an interesting life But I, <laughs> versus something like this. There's something, I, you know, I think about the privacy on it, but obviously there's hundreds of thousands of people doing this. Uh, it just makes it super interesting why this is becoming a thing. Yeah. So on the, an, another interesting platform we wanted to bring to your attention that uh, maybe it, it's funny the groups of people I know that do this. It's uh, fr- friends of mine's kids with teenagers or uh, professors, and it's a technology called Yik Yak. And Yik Yak is kind of anonymous local Twitter is kind of the best way to, to describe it. Uh, app you place on your phone, you then post uh, messages called Yaks, which go out to anyone in a particular area. And this area, I think, is you know, usually about 1.5 square miles. So if you're around a college campus or in a dense city, Fire it up. And what's what's really, really interesting is the type of stuff you see on there. And sadly, uh, because of this anonymity that, that every single post is made, it leads to the idiots on the Internet making it a hard place. And there was a fascinating New York Times article talking about this, the challenges uh, that the app has had. And just, you know... I, as a culture, we've been on internet for, for years and years now, decades, and, and, and we still haven't gotten to the point where we can be civil to each other. And, and, and the fact that there's an extra layer of anonymity on top of it makes it really, really hard. But it's, it's interesting the problems these founders face. They've developed an amazing tool. I, I like using it. It's really fun to kind of spy in there and read. Um, but, but at the same time, just we as a society can't handle it. Uh, yeah. that goes on there. Have you ever posted a yak? I did. <laughs> I was, it was funny. It took me a long time to do it because I was almost a little bit nervous if it was truly anonymous because there's a place in the app where you can see all the different things that you posted. But, um, also in addition to working here at Ketchum, I, I'm a, a professor at DePaul University as an adjunct faculty. And so I posted something about group projects and why they're, they're important. Uh, on there because there was a ton of hate I saw in the local area about group projects. And hmm. right away, I, I got an F-bomb lobbed at wow. me <laughs> about what was going on there. And it was just, you know, not something I'd engage with and be an original content creator on there. But uh, absolutely fascinating uh, look at the type of content uh, that goes on there. One of, one of the things I like about the most, you know, I'm constantly thinking about how, how do we think about a culture of content? What is the reason content takes off on the Internet and what you can see with Yik Yak, because it's anonymous, it's almost like um, some of the stuff that, that Moot, the founder of 4chan, would say uh, about 4chan is that when there's that layer of anonymity, the content can, in a way, sort of speak for itself. So you mm. see all these things rise up without uh, the bias of authors on, on top of it to go. So it's kind of interesting to see what things are up at the top. Yeah, it's interesting to see the, that rise of the social web now. I mean, we have Yik Yak, we have you know, whisper, we have Facebook yeah. rooms, you know, it, it, it's interesting that these platforms, you know, there's so much of the, the, 
the rise of teens, you know, trying to get away from their parents, you know, on social media and, you know, anonymity is just, you know, the, the next way of doing it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Includes the news section of the week. Want to go through a couple quick hits in addition to South by Southwest we have coming up with this week. Another uh, quick round of news that we have going up there. Sadly, I don't, I don't know if we have sad music. There was big news coming out of Google uh, of changing one of their major signature. Yeah, platforms. Google Plus is broken up. I don't know if anyone really uses Google Plus anymore, but... Um, what was your okay okay what <laughs> what was the last post you po- you posted a couple of times on Google yeah, Plus right I yeah mean, what date and what was the content of your last post call it up let me see if I can pull it up here hold on okay because remember when this first came out we were fighting for invitations everybody was emailing their Google reps the pool kids that got them first uh, were, were giving them out to everyone else uh, this was a big huge thing we all we all couldn't wait for it to change the world. And what was the what was the last one you? So this is kind of embarrassing, but uh, I actually posted the last time to Google Plus. Um, it was almost three years ago to the date, yeah. uh, February twenty eighth, two thousand twelve. You had the chance to post on a leap year day. <laughs> to make your last <laughs> almost post almost a leap year day, almost leap year day. Um, so yeah, it, it was a meme that I found um, comparing Bing and Google. And this meme was comparing the movie at the time, Children of Men. Um, so the, the query in Bing was, uh, or in both search engines, was the film where no new babies are born. So app description of the movie. Um, and Bing's search results were, the first result was birth of new baby on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> and then the second result was safe sleep for newborn babies. <laughs> and obviously Google's, First search result was children of men. So just to show you at the time how much more powerful Google's search engines were. Not only did Bing get it wrong, they got it wrong to redirect to a Google property. Which <laughs> exactly. Is that was on exactly. Then what, what was your last post? I, well, I got mine up because I, I was just so curious. Because when I first heard this news, I had the reaction of, oh, no, I, this is a platform that I know the tech influencers use, and I'm sure I get a variety of my news there and, and engage in wonderful discussions. The last thing I posted was more recently um, than you, more recently than you. Uh, it was from September um, 28th, 2014, and it was a cover song, a, a man playing the piano, uh, covering the mountain goats, no children. It was, it was interesting because it wasn't even an original post. I didn't take this and post this out there. It was just me commenting on a video, and I'm going through my other ones that are on this. <laughs> now this is frozen. There's going to be a kind of a legacy in time uh, <laughs> because it's me um, posting Christmas videos, uh, wearing Google Glass, uh, talking about my Nexus Five, and so yeah, it's been a good. It's been a, a couple months since I had activity that showed up on, on Google Plus that that goes out there, but. You will be missed. I did have um, some fun interactions with people I consider celebrities. I'll never forget uh, responding, having a conversation with Jeff Jarvis about Google Glass. Kind of made my days. Somebody <laughs> I look up to. Uh, that was really, really awesome. But they're not getting rid of every every feature no, of Google no, Plus. No, no. You know, they at least they're they're create they're 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 taking the apps that people want to use. The Photos app is obviously extremely popular. Yeah. Hangouts is extremely popular. These are going to be embedded into the platforms yeah. that already people are using. Yeah. Um, streams is just going to be separate now. So broken um, up, 
It won't be forgotten, um, but <laughs> it'll be interesting to see which ones take off more, getting the photos and streams. Over on uh, other more popular uh, platforms, something quickly to watch. Uh, you may notice this week that your Facebook page likes will drop. Now, Facebook announced this change. Admins are start to, starting to see it on their pages that they log into. They are removing old accounts or accounts that they've determined to be spam. Um, so what you're going to see is that uh, you'll probably lose a decent amount uh, of pages. This could be good, though. I mean, nobody really wants people sitting in their like count uh, that, that don't really do anything because the whole point of this is to, to engage with your fans. But then what if my bonus is tied <laughs> to the number of likes my brand page well, has? You know. <laughs> uh, the, 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 you're going to see your engagement rate go up. Um, I, I'm curious, though. They're making a big deal of this. Every single trade is covering this. Um what do you think the average percent is? Because this is going to be like a big thing for Facebook. If, if brands across the board see a 10% reduction, then it becomes news, right? Like, oh my gosh, Facebook's 10% of people who like pages on Facebook are fake people or old or, or, or account that's no longer active for whatever reason. But I, I, what are you guessing the percent? If you, if, I don't know if we'll ever find out this number. What do you think the average percent would be? I'd guess at least... 10 to 15 10 to 15 percent yeah i i i it'd be amazing if it was that many people were, were fake accounts i i'm guessing i'm gonna just for the benefit of guessing second i'm gonna guess three to five percent that's on there uh but it's gonna be absolutely fascinating to see how many are on there facebook out managed this carefully i'm sure they did it in advance because if they you know showed that 10 percent of users on their site are fake that's going to be kind of a big hit especially at the numbers that they're at one final quick hit uh, was the change that Instagram had in reaction to some of their ads uh, that were going on there. Yeah, so Instagram ads are now going to be clickable. Um, so this is, um, you know, getting away from just pure uh, pure play image ads that, that brands are running on Instagram. Um, brands are now going to be able to add a link that, are that you know, you could drive, you know, to your website. Um so this is a huge, huge deal for brands that are that are marketing um, on Instagram right now. I think you're probably going to see a rise of marketers that are going to choose Instagram as a platform. Because before it was just the argument was that this adds value because the image builds brand equity or, exactly. or something like that. But now we have something, right? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, now we at least have some data that shows, you know, what are people you know, clicking on how are they acting on our website or whatever content that we're linking them to, you know, after they leave Instagram. So I think this is going to be um, just a, a way that Facebook is going to, you know, raise, uh, the, that they're going to raise ad spend yep. within that platform. Yep. Great. And that wraps it up for episode number three. We hope you enjoyed the show. And we also would like to let you know that we're now official on iTunes, Pocket Cast, and Stitcher. Simply search for As Seen on Internet on any of those ones and add us and subscribe right away so that you can get every single show. I'm Ben Foster and with me is Emmett Wadera and we hope you enjoyed the show. Thanks. Thanks.